podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. On this week's show, we have Thin De Niro, Fat De Niro, a fair amount of domestic abuse, beauty pageants, and some lovely ladies kicking all hell out of each other. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Nervous laughter? <laughs> no, it's just me like, how are you? And I'm like, um, I'm fine. We've sat in the same room for the past hour eating pizza. We're good. <laughs> I am a happy Lauren. <laughs> so welcome to his film, her movie. I'm welcome. Jordan. I'm Lauren. And this is the movie podcast that takes a theme or situation and where we must, both of us, pick a film off that to discuss. Yes. And what is this week's subject? This week's subject is sports movies. Yes. Which I do not like sport. In general, like just In sport. Just, 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 there's, there's, there's hundreds of different kinds of sports, but sport. Just, just, just sport. In general, <laughs> I was actually having a little bit. Think that is there a sport that I think I would enjoy going to go watch? And I think the closest I would get to it would be cricket because there is prosecco and strawberries. Uh, well, and that, a that's tennis, really. No, you have picnics at cricket. You do. You do have picnic, picnic at cricket, but you have strawberries and cream at Wimbledon. Mm, there you go. Well, I might enjoy that, but again, it's not for the sport that I like it. So I was actually <laughs> gonna find this week get quite tanked. hard. Yeah, get tanked, eat strawberries. <laughs> so yeah, this subject is sports movies, and like always, we do pick the double like ends of the spectrum. <laughs> so, what is your pick this week? My pick this week. It's so sporty. You're gonna be so amazed. The two thousand and nine Drew Barrymore film, Whip It. Yes, and I've went with. The 1980 film from one little-known director called Martin Scorsese. I don't think I've heard of him. Has no. he done many films? Just a few. Just a couple. Just a couple. Um, Raging Bull starring <coughs> Robert De Niro in his Oscar-winning performance. Yes. So before we get into the episode, we might as well just say that we are a podcast of Pod Syndicate. and We are podsyndicate.com for some... Really lovely podcast, some articles, some reviews. Some reviews going up there from the most recent London Film Festival, which is currently ongoing. Yes, there's so quite wanna, a few going on. Yeah, so if you want to find out what's good playing that festival, then definitely head over to the website. But other than that, shall we just get into the meat and potatoes? Shall we kick off? Let's kick off. Oh! <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> Knowing my sports lingo. <laughs> Let's kick off. What do you want to kick off with? Um, We'll do mine first, because then we can have a more... I always feel like we talk more about the second film, right, and there's right, a right. lot to get through in your film. Yes. So let's start with Whip It. Roller derby? This is, this is tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Will there be cute boys there? Hey, Mom, Dad. 
Um, we're gonna go to a football game. It's it's an away game, but um. Well, sure. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll take you. No, it's cool. You have your car. Yeah, I have my car. No, but I mean, you know, we can watch together. Uh, let the girls go out and have their fun. Lying to them. I don't. I give my parents straight A's. I get Rita. So, like I said, this is the 2009 Whippet. It was directed by Drew Barrymore. It actually came, it's based on the novel Derby Girl by Shauna Cross and stars. Very young-looking Ellen Page. Yes. But she's not young-looking. She's, like, she's not, but she's still young-looking and she's like <clears> 30-something. <throat> I know. I do feel like she's got access to the fountain of youth. Yeah, it's weird, though. It's like she's she could still technically play like a 16-year-old. It's it's like those... Give her a fringe. She's back in school. Yeah. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> We've just gone on how good Ellen Page looks. So, yeah. Ellen Page... Um, uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, Drew Barrymore, Juliette Lewis, Jimmy Fallon. There's loads of different people in this film. And um, they're all kind of people that you'd spot on lots of different things. They've all got lots of different strengths and they really help carry the film along. Um, so for people who don't know what this film is about, it's basically um, a coming of age film. Um, it s- follows um, a young girl um called bliss who um gets pushed into all these kind of pageants with for her mom it's not her thing she is going through the teenage rebellion dyes her hair and everything and um she ends up sneaking out one night and going to a roller derby then ends up lying about her age auditioning and getting a part on the team yeah so i picked this film because I know we joked about what kind of sports films. This, to me, is a completely different kind of sport. Yeah, yeah. It's completely different to... Because the other sports film I could think of was Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really think of anything else. So, for me, I really like this film because um, with it, it's... The coming of age I find in this film that's really key to it is it's not a whole cutting cutting up, cut your nose off to spite your face. There's fallouts, there's lies, there's everything, but things don't just magically get back together. Things don't magically just work out. The relationships in it take time and they take people being honest and they take people... Um, trusting each other which I kind of feel in this sort of genre of film not genre but yeah sub genre genre target audience type films a lot of the time it's like oh 30 minutes left let's just wave a magic wand and everything's nice and yeah, it's yeah. sorted there's not it's not quite like that um I also like the fact that we are seeing um this was one of the first ones I saw that had a really realistic 
sort of um, look about the women in the team. Right. Um, in what way? They get sweaty. Their makeup's running down their face. Right. They're bleeding. They're everything. They come off the track and they are a mess. Um, I don't know if... I, I know I know we've seen this, but it's like um, a lot of people uh, slated the Harley Quinn recent film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things that really stood out to me is um, when Black Canary is like, I need a hair tie. And you knew that was directed by a woman because how many times do you see like Black Widow wandering around with her hair going everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I can't even sleep with my hair down because I'm constantly like lying on it and getting in the way. Never mind trying to play sport or fight. And we don't come out of like, I don't come out of the gym looking anywhere near pristine. I come out looking like a red, hot, sweaty mess. Yeah. And that's why I like how Drew Barrymore has chosen to portray this because they come off and they're out of breath and they are a mess. Yeah. And you just think that is what they would have been like. I feel like I find like it's a much more realistic portrayal of the characters. Um, and as well, it hasn't got the usual trope that's sort of brought out, which is women against women. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the character um, played by Juliette yeah. Lewis, um, <clears throat> sorry, who does um, have a, a bit of a, I don't want to say a vendetta, but she's like, she's jealous of Bliss yeah, yeah. because she's been the star and now Bliss has came along. She's the new up and comer. But it's not Bliss herself. It's her life experiences. It's the fact that she has gone through her adult life not knowing herself and then finding this and finding herself maybe, I think she said maybe about five, six years previous and her life experiences have shaped her to be this way. A lot of the time it's an irrational, oh, I don't like that woman because she's prettier than me or she's this. Whereas I get more of the feeling that if anybody came in, and was better than Juliette Lewis, she would have the same reaction. Oh, no, absolutely. But I think, yeah, you said something right there. It's like, she she does go and she's like, I was 37, and I didn't put skates on till like, what, 32? Yeah. So and that's what it is. It's, she, she's jealous, yeah, but she's a bit like, well, you've actually found yourself, and you're, what, 17? Yeah. you found what you enjoy, and you've found a place, whereas I think that is the, it's, Envy more than anything else. Yeah, it's the envy, but the, and again, uh, there probably wasn't places like mm. that for her when she was seventeen. So she's actually leading the way and making it easier for people to break in, and she kind of sees that. She she understands that she's just jealous that, you know, she hasn't. She doesn't feel like Bliss has paid her dues quite as much. Yeah. I think if Bliss had been in it longer and then overtook her, it wouldn't be as much of a deal. It's the fact that she's came in, she's instantly better. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what what did you think of this? Because I know I do tend to pick more of a girly film. Well, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, it's a film that I, I knew about when it came out, but I never really got around to watching. <clears throat> and I, I did, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it. It's very much of the post- Little Miss Sunshine, American Indie, 
vibe that's going on. Yes. That like it's every film that was a sort of an American independent sort of dramedy, if you will, mm-hmm. had that same vibe. But I, I don't dislike that vibe. No. And as you said, you've been talking about it being a coming of age film, but it still is a sports movie. It, it is. still absolutely follows that formula of a sports movie. Mm-hmm. And that isn't a criticism either, because I liked that. I like the idea of not knowing what something is, becoming good at it, and then the conflict between that and the other life that she has. Yes. And the relationship between her and her mother now. Yes, it is a afraid relationship, but it, it's still there. It's like her mother, Masha Gade Harden in the role, but Masha Gade Harden is great in anything that she oh, does. Oh, yeah, she was so good in this. And, yeah, so it's like... <laughs> She's not the monster where you would normally see. She, you understand yeah. her behaviour. You understand what she's trying to do, how she's trying to protect her daughter. Yeah, you do. But then you also understand as a teen that wanting to rebel and to be unique and to be yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And yeah, it's it's a funny movie. It's like Drew Barrymore can make movies and like when I was watching this because I know our last film that you picked is 13 going on 30 yeah and one of my criticisms that I had about that was that it looked bland yes it was it was tv movie where <laughs> watching this film you can see that Drew Barrymore know, knows what she's doing yeah she does and the camera is constantly moving it, it's she picks nice shots and, like, can you see the difference between, like, that two? Oh, hugely different. And I also um, love, because obviously, like, Drew Barrymore is in this. She plays one of Bliss's teammates. Um, I love how she sort of, like, she always runs in late. So I always like the idea that um, she's running in late because she's actually behind the camera, setting up the scene, making sure everything is, like, right, it's all going, everything's going fine. Right, now my character will yeah. enter because now I know that everything's okay and we can film. Yeah. I quite like that idea. And I also, like, Drew Barrymore is a great comedic actress. She is, she is. She's really, really good. And the amount of times her, her um, character um, at one point has a neck brace, has got... Um, gets punched in the face and breaks her nose. Um, is always covered in bruises and also was using crutches at one point in the film. So she just uses all these things because it's like, like roll, like roll derby is really violent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just love the fact that it's Drew Barrymore's character that gets all the violence put on her. Everybody else kind of comes off of you know. Bad bruises, but okay, she's the one who gets the absolute crap kicked out of her. Yeah. And I said, one other <clears> thing I enjoy, I do enjoy, and you don't want to sound demeaning when you say, when you say sort of use terms like this, but I do like the girl power aspect of it all. And it very much is like that empowering um, feeling throughout it. It's because it's more realistic. Yeah. You have them where they are boosting each other up. Um, like, I always think. People try and do girl power films and I feel more recently with more um, female directors coming out and a much wider range of topics being available and not being quite as taboo to talk about, I feel are doing a lot better. One of the worst things I've ever seen for girl power was the last Avengers film. Yeah. That was absolutely shocking 
when it, it all fe- the yeah. women banded together. It, it felt it felt like so. Funny. It was trying to do something where it was like, look, here's the women coming to save Spider Man. Yes. Nobody else, just Spider Man, who, by the way, is a sixteen year old child. So they can go save a child, but they can't help out any other way. Yeah, and I, I do, and, and that that moment did get a bit of. It it was so forced. Yeah, but like also, like okay, one few questions about this movie. Mm-hmm. One, because it it had that feeling of like girl power, I didn't think it needed the romantic story added on top of it, like. Her falling for the guy and that go like, just make it completely female orientated. Like you could have had ninety percent of this movie mm-hmm. just with females and maybe like the Daniel Stern character because, like, he was a believable character as well. And the thing is, yes, like everybody is kind of likable in this movie. Yeah, Juliet Lewis can't, has her moments and she is seen as a villain villain of the piece, but. She's not a true she's villain. She's not a true villain. There's, and there's reason not really true villains in this this movie. Everybody Apart has... from her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's, oh, yeah. her boyfriend's trash. But again, you've got to look at... She's a teenage girl. Yeah. She's This is her first taste of real freedom as well. You know, so they're gonna, there's going to be boys and crushes and everything else happening because that's at the time of your life where the minute you get a bit of freedom and the hormones are going wild you're and gonna hook up with somebody I mean, and she it. does and i just i think i just found like what i cared about was the group of ladies and the roller derby and the, the relationships between those and the dynamic that they all had where then you were taking it off to this it, it was just just drop dead you know what i mean yeah the pacing and the feeling of it just went completely left field for when when that was happening which mm-hmm. i mean i understand why you have it but and it maybe could have been seen as a bit of like maybe a studio note or whatever sort of not saying do you know what you need you need a, a love interest to keep it going well but... it's look at, like look at bridesmaids yeah, they yeah. didn't want to do the food poisoning yeah they really they, they did not want that to be in the film and the studio pushed for that to be in the film because they wanted um jokes that would be relatable to men yeah yeah, yeah. So they've maybe put that in because it's like, well, it's a chick flick. It should have some sort of romance in it. Yeah. And the other one is, <clears throat> when is this film set? Well, I believe it is set early, mid noughties because she gets on MySpace. See, that's it's it. It's the yeah. MySpace generation. It, 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 it is set in like the present day of what it was, but it feels like the music, the dress, the, the costumes, the everything, like even when you hit the roller derby, it feels like it's set in the 70s. Really? Or the because, 80s. Because like the, the way she dresses, I remember dressing like that when so I was I, a maybe, teenager. Maybe, maybe it was just the fact that I just felt, maybe they, they got that idea of the... The American small town, the time forgot aspect of it, where you you mm-hmm. have like that diner and, and and everything seems to be fifteen to twenty years behind behind else. everybody else, and I I like that aspect of it as well. But no, I really did like this movie. There's some things, but it's it's lightweight, it's breezy, it's it doesn't really outstay its welcome either. No, it's a nice length of a film. I think it's really good. Um, it brings up some good sort of talking points as well, because of course Bliss loses her virginity um, to 
the trash boy. And then she breaks up with him and that helps her reconcile with her mother. But her mother's like, yeah, we're going to... She's like, I can't deal with that right now. (laughs) Which, you know, I think is fair enough, but it brings that up. But it's not done in a creepy or a funny or a crude sort of way. Everything, even the romance is looked at in a nice way. You don't... I don't feel as though there's any part of this that somebody is taken advantage of which I kind of feel happens in a lot of chick flicks. Yeah. There's always somebody who <clears throat> looks worse or is treated worse or is shown in a worse light. Everybody is shown in an equal light. Yeah. Everybody starts off equal and it's their own actions that lead you to then have your opinions shaped by them. And I think that's a really good way of telling the story because that is how life is. And it is, like you said, something that's very light and it is something that's very simple. Um, But I think it's an effective film. And you know what? I'd do roller derby. I'd be terrified. But I would definitely give it a go. Yeah, that's Because it looks like it would be great fun. But like, yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Um, Drew Barrymore... Directed the hell out of it, mm-hmm. and it, that's one of the, I think its strongest things is the fact that you can definitely feel that it was directed by a woman. Whereas definitely, um, you, it just and it has that understanding of the female characters, yeah. which and there's so many male directors who do it brilliantly. Like Kevin Smith is really good at writing roles for women, and he's really good at directing. But he does fall into the tropes of, oh, look, it's a boob shot. Oh, look, it's a boob yeah, shot. Yeah. You don't get anything like this in, in this kind of film. Yeah. Because that's not that. It, they're, just, they're just seen as just people not, well, look, they're so pretty and they can't do this. Or They're just seen as people as if you would see them in real life. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Um. No. No? No. So let's move on to the next film which is mine um a cheery one super happy super happy and we will come back with a discussion on martin scorsese's raging bull good afternoon good morning good evening and welcome to film bastards a podcast where three friends two of them married and two of them podcasting life partners chat everything from new releases trailers news and an eclectic mix of other film goodies oh and many 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 tangents you can find them by searching your podcast provider or check them out on twitter and instagram by searching film bastards you never know you might like it and if you don't well we don't really give a f- Everybody, all the sons on a diary about this. She's talking about where she find out he's good looking, first of all. She didn't mean nothing. Who is you? You can start with me now. When people are talking, you don't interrupt. It's none of your business. 
Especially if it's my brother and his wife. I got nothing to do with you. Now get out of here. Go inside. Get out of here. Take the baby inside. So Raging Bull, 1980 movie, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Kathy Moriarty. And it tells the story of, well, 15 years really, it covers of the life of Jake LaMotta, the middleweight boxer, and points a lens at his life in the ring and how it affects his life off, like out of the ring, but also the other way around of how mm-hmm. his life out of the ring affects his life in the ring. And yeah, we follow the relationships that he has with his brother, with his wife. Um, we follow his sort of battles with Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. But also what this film is, is a deeply unsettling portraiture of what masculinity is when it's toxic toxic, and what a certain time and place and also maybe a bit of mental illness. And it's, it's a portrait of a deeply broken, unlikable mm-hmm. and... To be honest, there is. It's interesting because to to be in this presence of a person who has very little, if any, redeemable qualities for over two hours. I'm actually trying to think if he has any redeemable qualities. So, it is a fascinating film. It's for me one of it's 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 one of those nigh-on, nearly perfect movies. Mm-hmm. I think it is. It's shocking. When it needs to be shocking, it is just deeply unnerving and it's a brave film from the people involved mm-hmm. because Matt Scorsese, I mean, he, he made Taxi Driver, um, he, he'd just come off the last jazz, but it's like, to say, right, okay, we, what we're going to do is we're going to show this person as raw as he is. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Jake LaMotta was a consultant on the film and it, it, it's adapted from the book that he wrote obviously with some some writers about his life so you feel like this was the way he actually believed he was so you can see that self-destruction of himself yeah and yeah it i just find it incredibly fascinating and had you seen this before i had never seen this before you'd heard about it i'd heard about it i'd seen the parodies on things like the simpsons yeah, yeah. and memes and things like that um i i liked it and i hated it at the same time which i think is probably same similar to you i loved how it was shot i loved everything about it um i hated jake well that's it i think it's it's easy you love the film but you hate him yeah but the film is about him, and then it's, you have all, those conflicting. All I can think of is that if he was a consultant, and it's based on his life, he's probably going to want himself to be portrayed in an okay light. All I can think of is that he must have been absolutely, he must have been worse than what 
he was because everybody glosses over the truth. Well, to be honest, I think <clears throat> at that point, maybe when he was making the movies, I'd sorry, I don't know this is for fact, but it's when you look back and you reassess and maybe, do you know what? He maybe just said, do you know what? Leave it. Leave, let's tell the story as it was at the time and don't care about how I look mm-hmm. because I was. Scum. Uh, yeah, scum, an awful, awful person. So let's tell that story. Let's say like how the influence of whatever, but I think that's what he does really well. There's an interview with Martin Scorsese and he's talking about how it was a decision not to show where the anger came from. So like it, like, yeah. it, like, like it didn't cut to his father beating him as a child or his mother doing something or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or something in his life that you could then say, oh, he's this way because of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of doing it. Um, all I could see was just a really jealous, narcissistic person. Mm. Um, and I didn't really understand where the jealousy came from. Um, all I can think of is that, like, you see him... And he hates like the 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 mobsters. Yeah, we were painted in a beautiful light in this. They literally just seem like nice guys. Yeah, look after people. You know, play some cards, have some drinks. They don't do anything. Maybe fix a couple of boxing matches, that sort of thing. But they don't do anything bad in this film. Yeah, they yeah. are they are the good guys. They are the they are fine, and. All I could see is at the beginning, I thought, right, well, he doesn't like them because he's jealous. He yeah. obviously does not have a lot of money and they do. At the start. At the start. But then that hatred and that jealousy carried on and on and on, even when he did have money and he was successful. And all I can think of is that he has a very severe... um inferiority complex no, absolutely and um even when things are going well it's so bad that he can't get over it it's like um yeah he wasn't in a great marriage when they when you first see him um but then he meets vicky who by the way is 15 in this when she first starts yeah and um, how old is he meant to be because It'll be twenties. Well, I thought they might, they might be trying for early twenties, but Joey and Jake look late thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I know Vicky does not look fifteen, but she's fifteen. It's true, but it's nineteen forty-one. I know it's not that now, but you do get yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just sort of like look look at it, and um. Like, when he first takes her out on... Like, he first meets her and takes her out on a date. That whole interaction with him, I found very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing she really did... If you notice, she didn't lean in for a kiss. She didn't ask if she could move closer. She didn't do anything at the start. It was all instigated by him. And... She doesn't look happy. She doesn't really look all that thrilled. And obviously they go on and they have a relationship. But I just found it a little bit, a little bit creepy. I didn't like that. 
Um, and then later on, she's given him three kids. I cannot see a single solitary reason why he would be thinking that she's getting off with other people. Oh, well, no. I cannot think of... But, but he's constantly like, oh, she's sleeping someone. Where's she doing? What's she doing? And it's like, she's... It's, it's, she's gone to the shops. It, that's the thing. Because it is, it's... It, he is an incredibly jealous person. And the thing is, there is no rationale to promote. Absolutely So basically, we're, we're always in his head. And it, like, it, the way he uses his camera, like how sometimes you'll see her walking in slow motion towards somebody else. And mm-hmm. you're, you're there thinking, okay, that's a representation of what he's thinking, of how she's trying to be seductive but it's not it's it's all within his head it's all oh, yeah. completely internal but it's that it, it's it's jealousy it's toxic masculinity but it's also like um the he has sort of like this sexual inadequ- inadequacy angle to himself oh, yeah. where he i don't think he it's one of those things where I have I read a review uh, regarding this, and one I mean one one of its he talks about I think it's Ebert who talks about is part of a, a type of man who sees women two ways as a virgin and as a whore. Yes. So where once they're not the virgin, they're always going to be the whore. Yes. Where, and then you'll it's even. The self the self destructive nature of his character, where I think that he actually doesn't respect her because she's with him. Yeah. And he's like, well, of course you'll be out trying to get with other men because you're with me. But, but it's yeah, that, I completely agree. And it's so interesting to watch that dynamic. I mean, don't be wrong; it's not enjoyable. And it's it's very uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. everything is always bubbling under the under the surface, and like the the scene where Jake and Joey are setting up the TV, and Jake is basically, "Oh, what about the the Copacabana?" Cup, and he's like, "What? What? What? What?" It, it just the way that's repeated, and you know something's going to happen. Yeah, and it just builds up and builds up and then when it does explode but like that bubbling's going on and that jealousy has been going on you can see for years and years and years yeah and that distrust and the way that yeah it's and i think a lot of that yes is filmmaking but a lot of it is and i mean it's not a surprise to say that robert nero is a very very good actor yes and he it and he looks completely different he changes so much throughout the film. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where he, I mean, he, he gains 60 pounds. Like, the, obviously, they shot all the boxing stuff first. Mm-hmm. And then he just went round Italy and ate pasta and ice cream. Oh, that sounds like such and, a good way to prepare for a film. And came back and shot old Jake Flamotta. And yeah, so it's like, it's interesting to see somebody give a performance where. You're trying to think about what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. It's always there. It's always behind that. It's so unpredictable. And it's... I mean, obviously, about that time he was doing the method. And you can just see it. You can see that he's living it. And you can see that... It sounds really bad because of actor, but... He's thinking what Jake should be thinking in that thing. Yeah. He's not trying to act. He's literally being that person. And that sounds a bit... Do you know what I mean? A bit artsy and a bit sort of... 
No, but I completely agree. And like, I, I haven't seen a huge amount of things with De Niro in because he does tend to be in either... I don't want to say like more masculine-based films, but films that I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to watch because I'm not the target yeah, audience. Yeah. Or he's in things like, I don't know, he's in like Meet the Fockers well, or something it. like that. And that is just not my kind of humour. So get... I've not seen his yeah, yeah. range. So seeing him in this, he was incredibly believable. And you can see why people rant and rave about him. Because he's great. He's so good. Like the first thing that I actually sat down and really watched him in was the thing on Netflix. Oh, the Irishman, which is Scorsese, which is yeah. also so yeah. So yeah, but it's and that's the thing. It's like when you watch De Niro in this era where he was basically untouchable. I mean, mm-hmm. he was so. I mean, he went from Taxi Driver to this to King of Comedy. Like him and Martin Scorsese from like the sort of the mid seventies to the to the mid eighties. Even in the nineties, we kept figuring things like that. Yeah, it makes you yearn for that De Niro because again, he's an old man now, so he, he doesn't use the same. No, I kind of feel like the last, like like I said, the last sort of stuff I've I mean, seen, like B list. I mean, I think comedies, again, but it's like just to get a bit of money in. I think. Well, it is, but it's but he, 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 he can give some good form to Silver Line and Playbook. Is he's good yes. in that? I mean, he is great in the Irishman, but he's even he's the cutesy grandpa in like the Intern. Oh yes, he is. So so, but but again, it just you you understand why you wouldn't have the 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 hunger for that sort of like living. He's doing stuff that's just easy. Yeah, well, easy, but he's still doing it. But he's not, he's not the same De Niro as he once was. No. And he, I feel like I know. Obviously, this film is about boxing. It'll be loads of training and everything. But I feel like that kind of level of acting, it must be exhausting. It must take so much out of you and like you said he's an old man now i feel really bad saying he's an old man well, he's an old man but he is an older man now and it's like do you know what he probably wants to go to work do his lines yeah. have a good time put out something that he's proud of but then still have the energy to like go home see his family relax rather than just being like going home and being like i'm beat because oh, yeah. he did a, he was really good in the irishman and I kind of see that as maybe him going, do you know what, I'm going to go out and give it my 100% all again and do it that way and be like, right, I've done another Scorsese, big, proper method acting type film. And I've proven that I've still got it. Don't need to do that now. Yeah. And and absolutely. I think this is like, this is Joe Pesci's, Really breakout role. Oh, was it? Yeah, so obviously Joe Pasci came back and worked with Scorsese many times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I just, yeah, this film is nearly perfect. It, yeah, it's a hard watch and it's not, it's not a film that you return to a lot. It's been a long time. I think it was also the university when I last watched this film. Wow, that was a long time ago. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but it is, If you, I mean, again, it's one of those things where sometimes we'll sit on a list because it feels a little bit like homework like because it's that yeah. it is that tough and it is that what um really grueling to watch mm-hmm. um, but there's other things that you can watch okay so that you can get from it. it's like for example it is i mean michael chapman's cinematography is gorgeous oh yeah he it's filmed beautifully like the, he, the scenes are just and it's like it's the way they use like again the boxing scenes it's great mm-hmm. but it's even like 
how they use the production design. Like, for example, like the, the size of the rings change on sort of how he's feeling at the time. Yeah. So, like, for if he's feeling bad, then he looks tiny in the ring. Yeah. If he's feeling good, they've, they've, they've shrunk the ring down so he makes him look like a giant. Yeah. And just those sort of visual metaphors that, that they instill, but also how they use the ring is a bit more of like, it's like Jake's confession. Mm-hmm. Like, he understands, even though we don't really, there is no redemption, but we understand that he's feeling guilty, so he lets himself get beaten. Yes. And it's at, at his punishment that he's giving himself. It's... Yeah, and you've got that, even like the Catholic guilt, although religion isn't really part of the film, but there's crosses all over his house, there's pictures of, of saints Jesus and, and saints and everything like that, so you can see that as part of his character. Um, there's one thing that we haven't actually touched on, which is probably yeah. the biggest thing in how it's shot, is the fact that it's in black and white. It is. Um, and I actually really like that, because I think it, it definitely made... Like I said, this is filmed in like 1980, but at one point it's set in like 1940s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it being shot in black and white really helps disguise the fact that it's shot in 1980. Yeah. It really, I feel like it's very good at disguising what New York is yeah. at that time. Um, And then the other thing is, is in the boxing ring, I really like how... This sounds so sick. I really like how... Because it's in black and white and it's like blood. And it's yes. Like coming out of people's faces. Yeah, and, and the blood does spurt in a certain way that is very highly stylized. Oh, you, you can very. see it's, 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 it's like literally is squirting out and it it's hits literally the like audience. somebody's pushed like a little thing behind them and it's gone. Yeah. Psh, yeah. But I also like, also like the, the feeling of the Bronx at that time. It, it's, it brings and again here's some summarity, but it feels like the films like of the the, the Italian neorealism of, of the forties, and it feels authentic and it feels raw and it feels lived in, and you, mm-hmm. you could you, you understand what it's like to be part of that community. Yes. Um, like when you see at the start when they're at the pool and you've got all the kids and the hustle and bustle of of that that area, you you, you understand what that is. Or um, Joey's uh, wedding on top of a building. Yes. That has nothing around the sides of it. Yeah. And that's it. And also, we've, I mean, we've talked about De Niro, we've talked about Pesci, but um, Kathy Moriarty's performance is, is very, it's a quieter performance than anything else, but mm-hmm. it's just all in the the eyes of her, of looking and just thinking, what? why am I here? Yes. And not really having the courage to, until at the end, which is in, sorry, I'm, I'm Leaving I'm you, divorcing. I'm divorcing yeah. you, you're not seeing the kids. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then, so then we have the... the it's, it's the last quarter of the film. We can sort of see it as a as an epilogue where we've got old Jake, mm-hmm. fat Jake, who's this bumbling stand up comedian. That's what he turned into. Yeah, um, he's bad. And just the the shell of a person that he mm-hmm. became, and how he was alone. And you can see that when he has his bar, and he's like he's. There's nobody really in around him, and he's always there, but he's, he's more of a hindrance than a host. Yes, spilling drinks, getting in people's way. But yeah, it is. It's a wonderful movie. I mean, Thelma Shoemaker, who got an Oscar for her editing as well, which the editing in this movie is 
unlike anything. It's so so precise and so great. And yeah, it's 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 a film that that's tiring to talk about because it is. It is. It's also two and a bit hours long. It is. Scorsese does not make. Yeah, short he does. He does. He does have some short films in his. I mean, not not when we're talking about The Irishman, which is three and a half hours long. But <laughs> that took us about six sessions to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those movies that I'm, I'm sort of glad you watched because it's one of those American greats, yes. if you will. Yes. Um, and I think it's just how. It's not a yes. It's a boxing film, but it's not a boxing film. It's absolutely not about like. There's no training montages. They're not working up to a fight. No. It's the, the fighting is just part of. You, you can see how it's just another thing in his life mm-hmm. where you get all the the drama and it, it does it at times. It does feel like a docudrama at points. Like yeah, it does. How sort of handheld the camera is and things, but yeah. I think I may have talked a little bit too much about Raging Bull. That's okay. I just want to thank you for not making me watch something about football. To be honest, there's not that many great football movies, like as in like soccer. There really isn't. There's, the only there's... other sports film I could think of, and I know you hate it, The Blind Side. Mm, there's, there's better American football films, but again... That's the, the, the only one the, I the, know. The Blind Side Oh isn't... no, Waterboy! Waterboy. Imagine if we did yours. We do Raging Bull and Waterboy. <laughs> Two very different <laughs> films. At least at least whip it as a bit of grit in it. <laughs> bit uh, of violence. <laughs> but yeah, Raging Bull is wonderful in, um, in every single way. It'll probably be a long time before I watch it again. But it will get watched again. As you yawn. Scared. Sorry. And I think that's probably <laughs> it for this week. That is that is it for this week. So we will break and come back, well, next week, but it'll only be a few days, really. Yes, we um, got a bit lost. We got a bit lost. We got a bit late. But hey, this is free. So. Hey. Should, we, should we tell them what we're going to be doing for Halloween this year? Yeah, so ha- over the Halloween period... um, When we're doing it, we're going to do like a little bit of a special episode. Yes. Where, where we're going to watch through the universal monster movies of the the 30s and 40s mm-hmm. which so, i have never seen before yeah so it'll be really interesting so over the next few months we'll be watching those to weeks. have sorry next weeks yeah sorry um, <laughs> it's october it is october christ <laughs> so we'll be watching those over the next few weeks and then at the end of october we'll have an episode where we're talking through the universal monster movies Dracula. <laughs> Creature Kranistan. from the Black, Black Lagoon. Yes, everything. Everything. So yeah, that is it. Uh, yes. As always, um, we are Pod Syndicate. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog. Tell your cat. Tell your cat. Tell any anything that can actually download a podcast that, hey, there's this movie podcast that you may enjoy. Yeah, you may enjoy. And, you may. and if, if you, don't, you don't, please, please don't downvote us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that is it for another episode and we will be back next week bye